Hi, I'm Tracy. And I'm Lena. And we love Healing Children. In fact, we're the co-owners and founders of Healing Children, LLC. And this is our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing, where we get real about what children need emotionally. And how best to support them. We skip the fluff. And get right to the heart of it. Welcome to an episode of Bubby Road to Healing, where we have our special guest, Jennifer Weske. She has been in education for 25 years, uh, 15 years as administrator in junior high and in elementary, and then 10 years as a high school teacher and junior high teacher. And Jennifer is an expert at creating a positive school culture. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to have her on to talk through what does that look like? What does that mean? And how is that done from an administrator perspective? So, um, Maybe, Jen, talk a little bit about how do you create that positive school culture? Yeah, thank you. I think the key thing is going into a building and having just very reasonable and clear expectations for students and mm -hmm. staff. And a lot of times those expectations um, are built with the staff to begin with. It's something yeah. that the staff really wants and desires. You listen to them, you hear what they want, mm -hmm. um, and then you kind of come up with those key things that everyone agrees upon and start start from there and start from there. And then when you have staff members that aren't maybe on that same page, they're maybe not as interested in the positive culture, or maybe they have a different idea about culture right? and they're not really following the direction. How do you manage that? Or what do you do about that? Yeah. You start having conversations and you have conversations with that person one-on-one -on -one as to, Hey, this is what we're going for. This is what we're trying to build. I need you to be on the same page with everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes I found just being, having those conversations, mm -hmm. um, non-threatening, just talking to them about why we're doing what we're doing tends to work. Okay. They tend to fall in line. Yeah. They especially when it's like, what's the resist? These are very reasonable things we're looking for. This is our end game, mm -hmm. you know, get on board. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That makes sense. So what do you think are the biggest discipline issues that you see as a secondary administrator? Or what lands in your office the most? Or what do you have the hardest time getting your teachers to be consistent with and follow through on? So that everybody, like you said, like the parents, the teachers, the kids, everybody knows what the expectation is. I would say that, well, I mean, what lands in my office tends to be unstructured time stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like passing periods, passing periods, break, um, lunchtime like, behavior, just, just okay. immature behavior that goes too far. Okay. Um, and somebody typically ends up getting hurt. Um, those are the types of things I mostly deal with. There's definitely some drugs and vaping. Like cyberbullying. Are you seeing a lot of that? I don't think, I don't see a lot of bullying. Um, I really don't. There may not be a lot of here because you have it so structured that kids might know. I don't like, see a lot of bullying. I mean, there's definitely mean behavior, but it's not like targeted consistently mm -hmm. at the same people over it's and just over. People being, it's just people being mean. I think it's just, um, just kind of figuring out. I think, I guess just trying to figure out the social dynamics mm -hmm. of how to fit in, especially at a junior high school. Well, yeah. Um, and so there can definitely be issues with social media. Um, there can be issues with kids just being mean to each other. Mm -hmm. Part of what I'm wondering is because you've set those expectations and you expect everybody to follow through, you're not seeing what other schools are seeing. I think so. Be, last year, we definitely had, I feel like last year we had more behavior mm -hmm. of, you know, tardies, I guess we could 
we set the expectation that you need to be in class on time. I think coming back from COVID, you had to reestablish expectations of what being a good student looks like. And it's the simple things of being prepared, getting to class on time, you know, being engaged in class mm -hmm. um, and those. So we're not really seeing a ton of. And so what did you do with your staff to help get you there? Mm -hmm. So last year was my first year in the building mm -hmm. and I met with the leadership team and I was like, what are your top three things? Like, what are the top yeah. three things you really want to see? And that was coming off of COVID, just getting systems back into place because we had to let a lot of systems go. Mm -hmm. And so it was coming up with those main systems in, and I did that in the spring before I took over the building. So we took, I did that in the spring came back in August and as a staff, that was our focus. When we had our professional development, our focus was on, these are the expectations that you guys have been asking for. You will see myself and the assistant principal following through day in and day out mm -hmm. through on this. Mm -hmm. You're going to be as well, because this is what you've asked for. Mm -hmm. We're going to do it. You're, we're all doing this and we're all on mm -hmm. the same page. So they had, they had buy-in and input to what that looked like. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which makes it easier to hold them to it. Cause it's like, look, this is what you want. This is what you asked for. Mm -hmm. We're out there doing it. You need to be out there with us doing it as well. Yeah. Because this is a team. We are Correct. working together as a team. Correct. And when we're all doing the same thing, when we're all on the same page, it makes everyone's life easier. It makes yeah. mine as an administrator, yours as a teacher, parents, students, everyone, because everyone understands those expectations. Yeah. And because you all consistently do it, then they start to realize, okay. Okay. I need to be in class on time because every teacher is expecting it. Every and there's they're marking tardies. And when I, you know, have so many tardies, I'm getting a lunch detention. There's some sort of follow-through mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm there on time. Yeah. And so you guys addressed like the behaviors you wanted to see, and then you also addressed how you were going to follow through with that as a team. Correct. And then making sure that they're all following through. All following through, having grade level assemblies to go over expectations for the year, putting it through announcements and always, you know, maybe emailing those expectations home as well. Okay. And then if you found like a, one teacher wasn't following through, mm -hmm. then, then you go and you talk to that teacher yes. and you say, remember, these are, these are the expectations that the school asked for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you need to be following through as well. Everyone else is doing it. Mm -hmm. um, they're reasonable, first of all, uh -huh. right? And they make our they make our school stronger. Yeah. Okay. Because I think I see, and this, and I see some of the biggest mistakes. And Tracy and I talk about this, like because I'm in all different buildings mm -hmm. all the time. I've been in a ton of buildings in Boise. I was in Las Vegas in buildings. Now I'm in another district in buildings. Mm -hmm. And some of the biggest mistakes I see is that lack of consistency. So this teacher wants this rule, but this teacher doesn't. Especially when you're at the middle school, secondary. Secondary, because you've got seven teachers or eight teachers or what. And everybody has their own idea yeah, their about, own... What they, about what they want. And they also have their own history. So it's like, I don't want to be that author, you know, authoritarian with the mm -hmm. students. I want to mm -hmm. have a relationship. And sometimes they don't understand that if you're not falling through with consequences because you want the relationship, you're undermining your colleague. Right. And you build that relationship and that trust with those kids by following through and being consistent right? Mm -hmm. in those expectations. That's right. Yeah. And you, you create safety. Absolutely. I think sometimes people don't understand, like it's, it, it makes things safe for the kids. And with having things be safe, that helps them emotionally. Mm -hmm. It helps them deal with things because they know the adults are in charge and they're going to follow through. They're mm -hmm. not going to be wishy-washy changing their mind, or this adult's going to do it. This adult's not going Correct. to. And they're, and they're, and they're not afraid to talk to my parents. Mm -hmm. They're going to talk to my parents. Right. Like everybody's on there. They're going to try to involve my parents to get them on board. Then they know like everyone is on the same page. It's right. not just 
this one person that we can all team up against and make them the scapegoat for my behavior. Correct. And I think when that stuff happens in education, it absolutely hurts the culture. Mm -hmm. Um, It hurts the culture. And I think too, it um, hurts the kids in the long run. Because then it's like, well, I'll be misbehaving and and it creates to me, it starts to create emotional problems. Right. In children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you see? Because we've been at elementary and you've been at secondary. Right. So are there differences between the two and how you manage the students? There's, I mean, the differences are obviously like the age appropriate differences, but the bottom line of having clear expectations, um, if there is something that happens, um, that you always follow through on the consequence, the behavior. It may not be immediate. You may have to delay it. You may have to wait them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really the same. Mm-hmm. It's just at that different age appropriate level. Okay. Right. Yeah. The, there, you always have to, it may not be an immediate follow through, but you will always follow through on whatever the original issue was. And never, yeah, go back to that original expectation. You go back to that original expectation. You know, in elementary school, it may have been to use a pencil, right? Mm-hmm. In in junior high, it may have been there's no cell phone in during passing periods. So, right? But you so you always follow through with whatever that expectation was. And there's a plan and a system in place. There's always a plan and a system, and you work with your team if that if that is delayed. Yeah. So how do you find time to meet with the team? Like how do you guys like meet at lunchtime? How do you yeah. how do you coordinate that? Or do you just walk around and talk to them? The team, um, we have, you know, we have a weekly meeting with the assistant principal, the counselors, the social worker. Um, so we have that kind of meeting, like what's going on, what's on your radar, what are we we're still working on, still following through on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as like with the other staff members, it's constantly being present and visible. You have to constantly be present through passing periods or in elementary school, you're in the cafeteria, you're on the playground. I'm out at lunch duty um, every day consistently. You know, there's always something that may come up, but 90% of the time you're You're out, out you're visible before school, after school, Mm -hmm. you have to be present. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. The students, the students, the parents and the staff have to see you present. Yeah. Absolutely. And are the, is the staff expected to be present like in the hallway? Absolutely. Yep. They should be at their doors during passing periods. I would never, and one of the things I would always say is I never ask anything of the staff I won't do myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to be willing to be out there and do all of the same things mm-hmm. that you're asking. Them. Absolutely. Yeah. And they see that and they're like, it, it makes a huge difference. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you guys use strategies like in-house suspension? We do. Yep. We have in-house suspension. And what kinds of, what kinds of issues would lead a kid into in-house? Um, you know, something maybe overly aggressive behavior at lunch like physical fighting that kind of stuff fighting usually will get you out of school suspended but maybe they're just messing around and it goes too far okay you know type of thing um we some mean behavior can Mm -hmm. you know get you in there um true and like tardies truancies those types of things attendance is hard Mm -hmm. um you know there are some definite you try to you know we're a PBIS school. Okay. So we try to reward students for doing, following through on the expectations. Right. Okay. And, um, and so how do you guys do that? We have a weekly store and okay. they can cat, they, they can earn like tickets and okay. cash tickets in. Maybe it's for a popsicle or it's for, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, a fun pen or a notebook. Okay. And, and they like that. 
Um, and so do all the kids have access? Like they can all earn stuff yep. and go into the store and buy stuff from the store. Yep. So attendance can be attached to that. Attendance can be attached to that. You know, we do home visits if necessary. Okay. Um, so attendance, attendance can be tricky. It's a hard one. We it's call a it. really yeah. hard one. Mm -hmm. It's kind of along the lines of apathy too, mm -hmm. where you can't like, you can't control their home environment. Right. No. So you can't, you, you just focus on what you can control. Yeah. And so having conversations with the parent, going to the house to visit saying, Hey, we got to get to school. Mm -hmm. um, those are kind of your biggest tools that I've found. Yeah. What do you do about, um, like trying to motivate the kids to want, like to get their work done? Cause that's one thing we hear a lot from secondary is how do we get them motivated? Mm -hmm. How do we get them excited about their learning? Mm -hmm. I think you have to focus on engaging the students in the lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you have to focus on getting students working together. The teacher has to like, the teacher has to set up the lesson. The teacher has to be very clear on what they're doing, but it has to give the the students time to work together and time to interact together. Yeah. And sometimes teachers get a little scared to do that because they don't want to give up control and you mm -hmm. give up control, be there, be a facilitator, but let the students really dive into the work and what's going on Yeah, um, and let them work together. Because that's where they're at developmentally too, they need is to, to connect to their peers. Right. Well, I think you need to put the computers away, get rid of the Chromebooks mm -hmm. and start having conversations with mm -hmm. the students, mm -hmm. start letting the students have conversations with each other. Yeah. Oftentimes, if they know what's expected of them, if they know I need to work with my partner on X, Y, and Z, they will do it. Okay. That might help with school attendance too. Yeah, absolutely. When they don't feel like class is so boring and they get to participate in the class and not just sit there and listen to the teacher. Where it's more of an active lesson more engaging than versus just a lecture with a laptop. Right. Dale, we want, well, we want them interacting with each other. We want them to be um, having those peer relationships because that's where they're at in their development as well. Like right. they're in that process of individuating from their families. We want them connecting to their peers. And if they feel like they're not connecting to their peers, that can be a huge issue for them emotionally. Mm -hmm. So the more that we can foster positive connections, the better. Mm -hmm. How do you see extracurricular activities with helping with emotional stuff and maturity and things like that? Like, do you guys have a lot of those things? We have a lot of extracurricular activities, which are great for the kids that can participate in those, right? Because always feeling like you have something to belong to is great. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we did start this year um, during the school day, hopefully to provide access for more kids as we started an intramurals program at lunch. Oh, and awesome. so two days a week, um, we run right now we're running kickball okay. and kids were able to create their own teams of, you know, eight to 10 kids. And our, it's completely transformed lunch for us because on Tuesdays and Thursdays, if the kids aren't playing, they're watching. And I am the wow. amount of kids that signed up for it is amazing. And looking at the teams, the kids that became a team, some of them I would have never expected to be on the same team and they're cheering each other on and they're having fun That's and it's awesome. really changed lunch. Culture. It's really, it's really been awesome to see this year. So who manages like that, like them getting together and signing up and mm -hmm. who who's in charge of that? I had a counselor actually, who uh, we talked about it and he wanted to take the lead. Okay. And so he's running that program for us two days a week. That's awesome. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's like an eight week program. There's going to be a tournament at the end. We'll get a champion oh, that's and then we'll switch. Very cool. um, and then we'll switch sports. So it'll go throughout the year. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's a great way for them to connect. And it's positive. And if you're a kid who like, I don't have a lot of friends, 
I don't know what to do at recess time. They you easily get on a team. Or get on a team and be when you've, part of it. You've taken that unstructured time. We've created structure. Yeah. Because that's where we were finding a lot of our issues, right? Or is in the unstructured too, time. Too unstructured. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was one thing that I think Lena and I feel like with a lot of schools, if you have kids who just are not managing that freedom, you've got to pull in those boundaries in some mm -hmm. way. And there's a lot of like creative ways to do that. Like right. we talk about the autonomy circle and then when kids show they have their freedom, knowledge, self-control and judgment, they have bigger boundaries. Right. Um, and to me, having like some they structure more things. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, they have more yeah. freedom. Yes, yes. I knew it. <laughs> but just they're making sure they understand. Yeah. More freedom. More freedom, right. not more boundaries. And so they have more freedom. And so I think having, act like at the age that you're looking at, having some fun activities for them to participate in, especially when they feel like I can go and I can have friends, like this is helping me get to know people. It takes some of that pressure off of me trying to figure all this out myself. Well, they go from a very structured, elementary is very structured. Yeah. They go from a very structured environment to junior high, which all of a sudden they're going to through seven passing periods. Yeah. They have, they don't line up anymore. Yeah. It's break, not recess. They have all this newfound freedom and they struggle how to manage that time. Mm -hmm. Of course. And so giving some, adding some structure back into place, some kids specifically need very defined structure. Like, you know, we would do in elementary school, like you have to be, you can only be here or you, and do you guys do that in junior high? Absolutely. Some kids, okay. it's like you get to be in the library for break. You have to do maybe, you know, you sit in who's a teacher that you're really enjoying and that you're connecting with. You're going to be in his classroom for a week until okay. you can start earning some of that freedom back and show us that you can handle this time. That's awesome. So how do you make that decision? Like who, who gets, who gets a plan like that and who doesn't? Uh, it would be based on the behaviors that we're seeing. Like it's a chronic time. behavior. It's a chronic behavior that fits in the, be the, it like it's at break. So then therefore the discipline, the consequences put in at break. You don't okay. put it in all these random times. It has to fit the, it has to fit the appropriate. Where you have the struggle. Where the struggle is. Which makes total, that's what we do at the elementary. It's like uh -huh. they're chronically having issues at recess or not listening. They're not following directions or mean to kids and sitting on the wall, getting written up. Like none okay. of that's really making a difference. So then things get pulled in for a while. Right. And yeah. we do the same thing in secondary. Same thing. It's just different. It's different. Different in the fact that it's like, okay, during break time, you might be with this teacher. You might be in the library. You might be mm -hmm. in the office. You might be in these different places right. because the break is just too much. It's way too much. What about in the classroom? Those kids who can't even handle some of that freedom in the classroom. Are there different things you guys to provide structure within the classroom for those kids? Yeah, we do. Well, once again, like very, sometimes similar things to what we would do in elementary. Sometimes they just need... Um, a buddy classroom. Sometimes they okay. just need a desk in the teacher's room next door, go sit in there for five minutes, see how they see the try to come back and join. Okay. Um, we have a behavioral support specialist at our school. And sometimes we will say, I need you to go in for the next week, third period, keep tabs on Timmy. What's Timmy doing? Like, and then we'll give that person like three specific things to look for. So then we can see what can we do with the teacher to kind of restructure that environment for Timmy to be, to find mm -hmm. success. Okay. Okay. And let's go back. I'm going to go back to apathy a little bit, like that chronic apathy, because mm -hmm. sometimes you've done, like you've done relationship building, maybe you've structured their world, you're being consistent with follow through, and the child still is very apathetic. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one, right? And I think teaching them to come out of that apathy, because they had it for about three years, right? Mm -hmm. with, with COVID yeah. and kind of coming through that. So coming out of apathy, it's doing all of those things. It's having, it's saying, this is still the expectation. You want an A, 
this is what you have to do to earn that A. Right now you're at the B level. These are the steps to get mm -hmm. to the A level if that's mm -hmm. what you want to do. And so being very clear with them. Sometimes it's, you know, pulling in the parent and having a parent meeting. I think the biggest thing I have seen is the teacher communicating with the parent. And it's not an email. They need a phone call. Sometimes yeah. you just have to pick up the phone and call and say, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm trying. I need your support. And nine times out of 10, the parent's going to be great. They're going to appreciate the fact that the teacher called and yes. expressed what's happening. And that tend, I've, I have found, I've seen more success uh -huh. with parents, with teachers who are willing to call home and talk to the parent about what's happening in class. Okay. And then sometimes, because sometimes what I see too is seeing, let's see if I explain this correctly. Let's say we've done all of that. We allow the grades. We just give them the grades they get and focus on the relationship and then hope through putting those boundaries in place, focusing on the relationship, letting the consequences teach that child can mature. Absolutely. Because sometimes they, they still have free will and they still may choose not to. Do yeah, because you could do everything right. And they their meals, and they may still be apathy because there might be a maturity issue that's going to take time for right. them to work out. Right. But most of the time doing those things helps, mm -hmm. but occasionally you're going to have a child, you're like, we've done everything. So we still just love them. Yeah. And, but let the consequences teach. Absolutely. Okay. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's right. Oh yeah. 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 That's okay. So it's them doing like things like summer school mm -hmm. and like the, like they may, they may have to do some of that. They may, I don't know, probably summer school is the biggest thing or redo a class, especially once they get to high school, mm -hmm. they'll have to retake a class. To retake yeah, a class. If they need those credits. They may, they may have to do credit recovery. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things we talk a lot is like, we're teaching cause and effect thinking. And so some of these kids, and I just want to know what your thoughts on some of these kids may not care right now. But we are still consistent adults so they can learn cause and effect thinking so that at some point when they do care, right. we've at least taught them. Right. I think you see that. I think junior high, right, the school's seventh, eighth, and ninth. And I think the big part of it is the social aspect, right? They're coming in, their social lives are everything to them. It's not their academic life. And so, and you see that a lot in seventh and eighth grade. That's where you see a lot of the immaturity, a lot of the behavior. So if you're consistent and following through and working on building those relationships, I find by the time they get to ninth grade, there it's like a it's night and day from that seventh grader that walked in where they oh, do yes. tend to start they start yes. to understand my credits are they start to understand that balance of the social life, but also like following through and getting their work done, mm -hmm. and you you see a huge shift. Yeah. Well, there's huge brain changes between eighth and ninth. Yeah. It's yeah. Huge, and you yeah. can see it in the kids. You you see it when you see that kid in eighth grade, and you're like, ugh coming back for ninth grade and then you're like oh, oh you're so, like a different person. yes you're so pleasantly surprised <laughs> you're like what happened to you <laughs> I remember feeling that way myself yeah. between eighth and ninth grade mm -hmm. you felt like all of a sudden the fog kind of lifts mm -hmm. and you feel more confident I right. think that's a lot of it. it's just that lack of confidence for a while as we're going through that transition yes. right yeah mm -hmm. that social peer pressure which is real yeah and, your and hormones then managing. are a mess. Yeah. What's that? Your hormones are a mess. Well, yeah. Your hormones are a mess and you're transitioning, like you said, to lots of structure to, to now you have more freedom mm -hmm. and you're having to balance mm -hmm. all that out and figure all that out. That, mm -hmm. that doesn't happen overnight. No. Mm -mm. Yes. Anything else that you think people would want to know about secondary that we haven't asked? I think the one thing about secondary, um, it's like they're, they're secondary and elementary are so different yet they're so similar. I think you just, yeah be consistent, put structure in place. You can have fun. Mm -hmm. You can still hold kids accountable. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like day in and day out, just being consistent. Yeah. And the kids understand that and they actually like it. 
Oh yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, they made fight it. They, I had, um, at the end of the school year last year, yeah, I had a student come up to me and say, Mrs. Weske, can I give you a hug? And I was like, <laughs> you want to give me a hug? <laughs> she, I didn't think she was my greatest fan. <laughs> and she, she gave me a hug and she said to me, she said, you know what? She goes, you had expectations and you made kids get their ass to class. <laughs> Thank you. And she hugged me. <laughs> Because she feels safe. And so that meant a lot to me because this is the kiddo who struggled, Yeah, you know, and that for her to be able to recognize that. Yes. um, I just, I mean, that made the whole year worthwhile right there. Absolutely. It's like you're an adult who finally does what you say. Well, and I think what they feel is that you believe in them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you believe in me. And that helps me believe in myself because I'm still trying to figure out if I believe in myself or not. And And I need someone who's, who's an adult mm-hmm. who's a professional to see what I can't fully see in myself yet. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. And it provides safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's huge. That is, yeah, that is that's so awesome. Huge. I love it. Was, <laughs> I was like, you want to give me up? Like, Remember when you were yelling at me a week ago? Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I was yelling at you, but you still held firm. So it's good. <laughs> that's awesome. That oh, it's so, oh, it's yeah. so sweet. It's really yeah. cute. Well, and I think I think with people to understand, it's it's really about relationships. So it's like, I'm going to treat you with respect and I'm going to give you a little bit more freedom, which I'm hearing they need some of that in their mm-hmm. classrooms when it comes to their learning, where they're interacting, like there might be structuring to the fact that they're interacting about the content, yeah. but they're going to be allowed to interact. So they need the level of freedom, but there's still those boundaries if they're not managing that freedom well. Right. Well, understanding that part of healthy relationships is healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And some people forget And a give and a take. It's a give and take. It is not just, I'm going to give, 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 give. And you're going to take advantage of that, which I see happening a lot with kids and adults. It's there is, there are boundaries. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to treat you with respect. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be good to you, but I also want that back. Right. And when I don't get that back, there's going to be a consequence for Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So some of the questions that I have, because this is what we're hearing from middle school teachers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to know is even though they might create a whole system, because a lot of what we're hearing is like, there's no systems in place. We don't have policies in place. Mm -hmm. So some ideas for policies. So cell phones is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So just some ideas, like what your policy is and your consequences so that other people have ideas on a policy, not like that. That's what every Mm -hmm. school has to do. Yeah. But just ideas. Well, yeah. they can think through like, okay, I mean, I want that policy, but I might want this policy. Yeah, yes. we just yeah. came up with it um, last year because that's when I started at the yeah. at my new school. The teachers really wanted a cell phone policy, so we just came up with one. You know, students can have their cell phones out and be on them before mm-hmm. school break and lunch, during passing periods, and in class, students aren't on their cell phones. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first consequence is they it just. Teacher takes it up to there in the hallway during passing period. I'll just grab it, put it in the office. The student goes and picks it up at the end of the day from the office. Um, and then on the third time that that happens, there'll be a lunch detention um, put into that. On the fourth time, there will be there'll be a phone contract, and maybe the phone contract is depends on you know depends on the situation, but um, it might be for a week. When they arrive at school, they check their phone in at the office, and when they leave, they get it and they take it home. So they have to check it in and out for a week. Um, and then, of course, when you get to the point that it's lunch detention or that they're on a phone contract, we call them. We let the parent know that this is what's happening, and the parents are great about it. I think as you know, as parents, we're sick of our the students phone with phones. Too. As teacher, like we're <laughs> like you have it. Yes, 
have this phone. <laughs> just take it. Keep it for a while. Yeah. Well, occasionally yeah. we'll have a, you know, we'll hear of the parent who says like, my kid has to have it for safety. How dare you touch my child's phone? Okay. How would you handle that? Uh, we don't have that that often, but right. But every classroom has a phone. Um, we all have phones. We can help your child out if your child needs it. The office has a phone. If you need to talk to your student, we'll get them a message. We'll have them come to the office. That's very rare mm -hmm. that they but do. You're that. able to just, but you're able to because you're consistent. Parents in your community learn mm -hmm. that you're going to be right. consistent. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. That they what about vaping? Like, how do you guys deal with the vaping issue? The vaping, you know, the vaping is district policy. It's very clear cut. If a yeah. student's vaping, um, if we find one, if it's reported, we'll search, do all of those things. And then we just follow the district policy. Okay. Um, extreme disrespect in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that is that can be hard. If it's a first time situation, you know, I guess it, is it consistent? Is like it a first time? Is it unusual? Mm -hmm. Um, then if it's a chronic system, we'll typically start working with the counselor mm -hmm. with like, what's, what's going on? Do we need to like, is there something going on with this student that's, mm -hmm. that's bigger than just that yeah. disrespect? Because that's, there's obviously something bigger going on. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so whether we kind of start looking at that student through PSIT, doing follow file reviews, mm -hmm. um, bringing in the parents, mm -hmm. um, and then coming up with some sort of plan on on how to do that I mean on how to deal with that situation do you do year. like let's say I'm a teacher I'm, I'm teaching and a kid's really disrespectful to me mm -hmm. do they are they instructed to have that student come to the office they have the office now they're coming like what mm -hmm. are they instructed to do mm -hmm. in the moment yep they can send the student to the office they can call the office if it's that situation okay if an administrator is not available we have our in-house supervisor we have our behavioral support specialist okay um, and we will typically yep, remove that student um, and then figure out what's going on. Do the students usually go willingly? Yes. Okay. So that's not an issue. They typically do. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare that, that they will create an even larger scene. Okay. So do they ever just call the office and say, I'm having so-and-so come to the office and they can walk themselves mm -hmm. or do they need to be, okay. So sometimes they can walk themselves. Majority of the time they walk themselves to the office. Yeah. Cause they don't want a big scene. They yeah. don't want to see, and they recognize, they know. Yeah. They recognize their behavior. Okay. So it doesn't sound like it's a real battle to get them to see like this is a problem. Or to, get, to, to get them to admit it and own it might be a little bit of a okay. battle, you know, because it's just they're at that age. Right. Um, but typically they know what they've done. Okay. Can they articulate why they're why they're acting out and why they're behaving that way? Not necessarily. Okay. So that's where so you that's do where you start conversations mm -hmm. to find out what is going on, what's happening. Are they having dealing with peer issues? stuff at home. Right. And that's where I find the counselors to be really helpful with yeah. something like that. Yeah. So figure out what's going on, but you still have to ha have that understanding that that behavior was not okay. Right. I understand all of these other factors are happening, mm -hmm. but you get, how are you going to fix that behavior? Mm -hmm. And they still have to figure out how they're going to fix it with that teacher in that class, depending on what's happening. What do they usually do? Like, what do they? Um, it'll depend. I mean, I guess that you kind of get there through conversation. Maybe it's just yeah having the teacher come in and meet with the administrator and the student or with the counselor. Um, Doing some kind of mediating a little bit. But I find that typically, um, typically this once they need time to process mm -hmm. and to calm down or cool yeah. off, um, then they will typically understand that their behavior was not okay. And maybe they owe that teacher an apology and they kind of 
their way of like just talking one-on-one, they don't want to do it, right? They want to have a safe space to do that in Mm -hmm. someplace where they can keep their dignity. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it's really, it's fine tuning, like, okay, a kid is disrespectful. This is the first step as a teacher. This is the, when do they use the buddy classrooms? Like at what point do you say like, okay, you're going to go, like, I've already arranged it with this teacher Mm -hmm. that you're kind of my buddy Mm -hmm. classroom. When do they use those? Like, what's the behavior? I think that's the teacher's discretion. Okay. Oftentimes, I mean, there's times I don't even know buddy classrooms being utilized. The Mm -hmm. teachers have worked that out amongst themselves. And so that's something, you know, that as the teacher, they kind of have to figure out, like, what is their level of expectation? When has the student Mm -hmm. crossed it? Um, Typically, it's a much bigger behavior that would come to the office. Yeah. And so do you, um, do they... Do they typically communicate with parents and say, hey, I yes. asked your child to go to the buddy classroom today. That is the expectation. Okay, Absolutely. They communicate with parents. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do like think it over forms with your high kids? Like, do you ever have them write out what happened and how they were feeling and what they would do differently? Is that a, a good tool or is that like not necessary? Um, I think that is a good tool. Okay. I think we could probably use that more than we do. Okay. So that could be something um, where think, yeah. you come to the office, you're not really ready to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, okay, that's fine. I'm going to, I want you to just go ahead and fill out this form and then let's talk through it when you're done. When you're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is a, that is a possibility of something that schools could use. Absolutely. I think so. I mean, we had great success with those in elementary school, but I think those can also be, I think that's also a valuable tool at this level as well. Okay. Okay. All right. It sounds like it's going amazing. It sounds really good. It's so good like you just have to work through at the beginning. I don't know about amazing. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work at the beginning. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work all through the year because you have to, you have to, you if you say I'm going to be out in every passing period, you have to be out in every passing mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a lot of work, but it's but it's worth it because mm-hmm. we're all doing the same thing yeah. and you can feel mm-hmm. it in the hallways. It feels positive. It's a happy place to be. Yes. And the um, kids feel that. The teachers are out there smiling and they're interacting with students that they don't have in class. And that's something that uh, we had a student survey at the end of the year. And one of the things, one of the students, their response was something along the lines of, you know, Miss Smith says hi to me every day. I don't even have her. I don't even have her as a teacher and she knows my name. So it's just following awesome. through on being in the hallways. Um, and it's just day in and day. And there's some days you're tired yeah. and you just don't want to be in the hallway and your colleague next door has your back, right? And so you have to recognize it's not perfect every day. And that's okay. It's okay. We yeah. all have those days and moments, but it's just that 90% of the time we're all, out, everyone's on the same page. And everyone's same making page. that effort to connect when things Absolutely. are going well. Mm-hmm. And you understand that we all have an off day here or there, just yeah. like the students have an off day here That's or nice. there. And you give some grace yeah. and you just power through again. You just start over the next day. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the staff has that same grace. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. Well, you do have to. You have, it's I a mean, lot of work. It's a lot. It's, it's, we have hard jobs. Mm-hmm. We have really <laughs> hard jobs. And, and people outside of our jobs, they have no idea. No. Oh, no. Hard this job is. Well, and and getting so, everybody on the same page is so much work too. And so let's not make it harder on ourselves. 
no, let's not make it hard. Let's, let's be yeah. a team. Let's work together. Yeah. You're in your classroom. You have your autonomy to do what you need to do with your curriculum and your instruction in your classroom. Yeah. But let's stay consistent as a school. Yeah. And let's really create that positive culture that we all want because yes. there are hard jobs, but they should also be fun. Yes. Well, we, we work with fun kids. Jobs. Oh yes. yes. And so yeah. it's that balance and it's that fine line that we talk yeah. about all the time at my school. It's like, yeah, it's, but it should be fun. Let's make it fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. How do we make it fun? We make it if fun. we're having fun, the kids yeah. feel that and they'll have, they will, that helps everybody, everybody, by work on the attitude, right. By yeah. having reasonable expectations and consistency and following through. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So it's fun. So one thing I do want to say though, too, like being a leader, like you are, takes courage. So not only are you consistent, not only do you have to work hard, you have to have courage to have those hard conversations with colleagues. Yeah. with teachers and with and those are probably the hardest conversations to have don't you think it is hard I think one of the things I've learned over my 15 years as an administrator mm-hmm. is there is more than one way to do something well yeah as teachers we love things done our way right right and so being able to go into somebody else's classroom and be like you know, I would, I wouldn't have ever done that, but it works. It works for that person. It works for that class. And it works for the kids. And it works for the kids. And so being able to recognize that is huge. That's one of the biggest things I've learned. Um, Not have, not being willing to have those conversations Mm -hmm. completely undermines the culture you're trying to build. Yeah. And if you go into those conversations with I'm having this conversation because I want our school to be the best school it can be. I want your classroom to be the best classroom it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, There's still hard conversations, um, but I have found them to be beneficial over the years. Yeah. You know, like, and I think when I've been on the other side of having those, con- of having somebody have those conversations with me, it really gives me a time to reflect mm-hmm. on, on why I'm having that conversation. And how I can be better and grow because I don't want to be the person, I don't want to be the cog in the system, you know, holding everybody back. No, um, I want to yeah. be a part of the team that's having fun. I want my colleagues to respect me because I'm also part of that system in keeping everything together and running smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's being okay it's, with that. It's, it's being okay with people disagreeing, people mm-hmm. doing things in different ways, but we're still on the same page when it comes to behavior. Yeah, when it, and which is you know, when it comes to the culture and the environment we're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much for giving I, us your time. I we really know. appreciate it. Thank you guys. Do. We appreciate it. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to learn more, you can go to our website at www.healingchildrenllc.org. On our website, you can read more about who we are. You can look at our online training. You can also look at our blogs on a variety of topics. You can see our most new and up-to-date podcasts. You can also engage with us in a variety of ways. Such as liking us or following us on social media. You can even hire us to come in. Or you could email us or call us. Exactly. Make sure that you sign up for our email list so that you can get the latest information about what we have to offer, including live trainings in your area. Yes, so let the healing begin.
Thank you for joining our podcast, The Bumpy Road to Healing. The Bumpy Road to Healing is sponsored by Healing Children, LLC. We are both educators and mental health professionals, which gives us a unique perspective on working with children both in and out of the school setting who have severe emotional and behavioral concerns. Our mission is for all children to be emotionally healthy, happy, mature, and responsible. As adults establish healthy relationships and appropriate boundaries, we believe that children are more likely to grow and prosper. When adults understand the impact of trauma, entitlement, disruptive attachment, and child development, including conscious development, they can better create healing environments for children. To learn more about us and what we have to offer, go to www.healingchildrenllc.org.